Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Way before its radioactive properties were discovered and exploited for both good, think nuclear power, and bad, think nuclear war, and way before it was officially granted its place among the elements of the periodic table, the rare metal uranium was used by ancient Romans to color glass. Back in 79 CE or so, neither radioactivity nor uranium meant anything to the Romans, or to anyone. The concepts as such simply didn't exist yet. Neither did Uranus, the planet for which uranium is named, for that matter. But the small, glowing glass tiles in some mosaics and tricked-out Roman villas 
they were pretty cool. Yes, the Romans used uranium in their glass, and modern versions of the stuff still exists. It goes by a few different names and is even still being produced in small quantities in Europe. But it's more of a curio now than anything else, found in the form of pitchers and bowls and other glassware in flea markets, dusty attics, museums, and among glass collectors. Glass to which you've added uranium will look translucent yellowish-green under normal light, or it can be colored other shades of translucent or opaque, uh, but under ultraviolet light, it fluoresces bright green. Uh, think the color used for nuclear goo in Atomic Age horror illustrations, or the Ninja Turtles, or the Simpsons. For the article this episode is based on, HowStuffWorks spoke with Paul Frame, a retired health physicist at Tennessee's Oak Ridge Associated Universities, which is a consortium of schools founded after World War II as the Oak Ridge Institute of Nuclear Studies. For years, Frame was also the curator at the consortium's Health Physics Historical Instrumentation Museum, also known as the Museum of Radiation and Radioactivity, which chronicles the scientific and commercial history of radioactivity and radiation. Frame said, It is kind of attractive because it has that iridescent glow to it under certain lighting conditions. It really looks kind of special. There are some people out there that are particularly interested in it because it's radioactive, and there are other people who just collect glassware, uh, the styles, and so forth. But there's so much of this stuff out there that despite the fact that there's a variety of people that are interested in it, it really doesn't have a lot of value unless it's a particularly unique piece of glassware, size, design, artistry, that kind of thing. Uranium glass is also known as Vaseline glass because that translucent yellowish green reminded some people of Vaseline brand petroleum jelly. And it certainly has its diehard fans— Some collectors and aficionados of the stuff gather every year for conventions to buy, sell, show off, and learn about uranium glass pieces. One convention was in its 22nd year in 2021. In addition, some antique shops and exchanges feature large collections of the glowing, sometimes eerie-looking glass. Uranium was identified as an element in 1789, and Austrian glassmakers are credited with knowingly producing the first uranium glass around 1830. In World War II, the U.S. government restricted the use of uranium for coloring glass. It was thought that the uranium might be needed for nuclear weapons, a ban that lasted until the latter part of 1958. Which brings us to an interesting question. Is uranium glass radioactive? In a word, Yes, uranium glass is indeed radioactive. That said, there's no need to run for the hills or the nearest bomb shelter. Frame said, It's absolutely true. What we're dealing with with Vaseline glass is something that is radioactive, just like everything else. And it is more radioactive than the majority of things, in that you can detect the radioactivity of Vaseline or uranium glass with a handheld meter, like a Geiger counter. Is the radioactivity from uranium glass strong enough to, say, morph someone into a big green angry guy, or a part kid, part arachnoid, or strong enough to make you sick or kill you? Basically, no. Frame offered up a quick history lesson. He said, Marie Curie got these ore residues from the Czech Republic back in the day, and she extracted the uranium, but discovered what was left behind was even more radioactive than the uranium itself. The material that made the residues most radioactive turned out to be radium, not the uranium. 
So in uranium ore, you have this whole host of radioactive stuff. And the key player there is really radium, a radium-226. The uranium itself is not all that radioactive. Still, Frame will admit there may be some incredibly small risk involved with uranium glass. He said, it's basically a theoretical risk. The radioactive exposures you get from flying in an airplane or inhaling air in your home, which has radon in it, they're so much greater than any dose that anyone's going to get from uranium or Vaseline glass. There is, for all practical purposes, no risk. Zero risk. Which, for collectors and admirers, is good news. Because glass that glows is just cool. Today's episode is based on the article, How Uranium Glass Got Its Glow On, on HowStuffWorks.com, written by John Donovan. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang with assistance from Ramsey Young. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.